Get to Old Navy now because this week only there's a new red hot deal every single day. Plus up to 50% off store wide. That's up to 50% off your favorite Old Navy styles. Also get $10 off your next purchase when you buy online and pick up in store. So hurry in and get today's wow worthy fashion pieces at a price you won't believe. Only at Old Navy. Valid 712 to 19. Select styles only. $10 off valid in store only. One time use. Excludes clearance, gift card, register lane items, jewelry. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Think It Ain't Illegal Yet. I'm your host, St. Clinton. On this show, we'll be playing some poetry, spoken words. And other things about political and social issues going on around the world, both past, present, and future, which will hopefully make you think. Another poem from the heart that paints a picture like art. Out of all those in the gallery, Put this in your cart. Though these words cannot be bought but given to the most holy men and the ones stuck in prison. To listen and learn as you start to see my vision. Hindsight's 2020, we learn from our past, but we must look towards the future if we are to last. This is for the haves and the have nots. We take all our cultures and we stir the pot. We must coexist if we are to survive, for the other route only leads to genocide. Nobody should hide who they are deep inside. Who you were born to be must be you when you die. Fear is not stronger than love no matter what you've been told. Though power corrupts and makes ignorance bold. Bring something to the table if you wish to have a seat. We all must survive so we all have to eat. I bring peace to the meal. It's the best food for thought and even better in action despite what they brought. Some are caught in a wave of madness and turmoil, but we all must have love for each other and our soils. My food cannot spoil, for it was never meant to. Take a look at why you're here and why God has sent you. The present is a present. Matthew means gift from God. I'm grateful for my name. It helps me get even with the odds. This truth can seem odd to those who wish not to see. We must stand up for what's right and know never to flee. We plead for guidance from leaders who do not try to feed us. Ones if we turned against might try to beat us. But that does not leave us no hope or doubt. Only faith in what's right and faith in ourselves. We all stand strong and can never collapse. We must quit all our drugs and refuse to relapse. Our minds get in states that we're never meant to travel to. A war will rage on, and all you'll do is battle you. We must keep it true through the lies some will weave, tangled webs in our heads only meant to deceive. Do not give in to greed or lust. Put aside all your wants. Look out for your needs and love. I hold a torch in the darkness, hoping to guide the way to a world filled with peace and brighter days. If you've passed by my painting, I beg you, take a second look. Though it's only a page, it's worth more than some books.
I will pump out these poems till the day that I pass. If I do not live on to see our bright future, through you I will last. Magic. No government ever fails to make mistakes. No government ever fails to encounter difficulties. But the question is when you step back and you look at the big picture, not each and every detail of it, is there improvement happening? Is there improvement happening? Is there improvement the Labour Party. It has been doing, but nine days' headlines should not obscure nine years of achievement. Meltdown. It'll take much more to save Labour from humiliation at the polls this week. The Labour Party. You need to have, as Home Secretary, someone that people can look at and say, yes, this person should be in charge of public safety, public security, and is a responsible figure widespread abuse of the electoral system. It's been a very disappointing night for, for all of us in the Labour Party. Manipulation of such a community as ours. I don't trust the postal vote. I go to a polling station. It saves time and I know my vote won't be spent. Meltdown. If you ask for people's passport or national insurance number when they apply for a postal vote, fraud would never be a problem. Everyone votes for a dictator. Pending electoral disaster. This is a chance for electors to put in place decent people who are going to serve their interests. The Liberal Democrats. We want to get rid of the unfair and regressive council tax. We want a system of taxation for local services based on the ability to pay. We want to provide free personal care for the elderly. My vision is of a country with decent standards for everyone in health and education and housing. A country where there's opportunity for everyone. A country where everyone has the chance to realise their ambitions. The Liberal Democrats. Party. Well, where else would a blue comedian feel at home? The beginnings are there of a conservative urban revival. Meltdown. In terms of councillors, a successful night for the Conservatives, with a net gain of 250 seats. People are fed up with their local Labour council, they're fed up with Ken Livingstone and the Labour uh, running of the uh, Greater London Assembly and the, the Mayor. They're fed up with the Labour government. English elections. I think uh, the UK, being part of the G8, should set an example with all the other countries who have got a lot of money behind them, a lot of power behind them, should be setting examples for other countries. And uh, they, they, they could use the money to uh, come up with different innovations to protect the environment. The Green Party. The Green Party. Another world is possible. You know, we don't have to swallow the lies we're being told. Really, the Greens are about trying to actually tell it how it is. As Green Party MEP for London, I've seen what the Greens can do elected at local level throughout the country. We believe in keeping things local and there for the benefit of everyone. And that's what we will be fighting for in these local elections. English elections. Who are you? The new number two. Who is number one? You are number six. <laughs> the Liberal Democrats have made little progress, but there have been gains for the British National Party and the Greens. We want our country back. In the East London constituency of Barking, the far-right British National Party scored a major advance. Meltdown. Meltdown. Meltdown.
Labour has so far lost overall control of some 18 councils. This is a chance for electors to put in place decent people who are going to serve their interests. Meltdown. Which is which? How many of each? Who's standing beside you now? I intend to discover. Who are the prisoners and who are the warders? Who do you represent? Every citizen has a choice. Who elected you? We want information. Get a vote for me. You are done with you. If you don't vote for what you want, you're never going to get it. What has been your dream? I can supply it. Winter, spring, summer or fall, they can all be yours. At any time, apply to me and it will be easier and better. That was a party election broadcast by the Labour Conservative, the Liberal Democrats, Green Party. You know what? I can't tell the difference. <laughs> the night children everywhere. I'm Severin Suzuki speaking for ECHO, the Environmental Children's Organization. We're a group of 12 and 13 year olds trying to make a difference. Vanessa Setti, Morgan Geisler, Michelle Quigg, and me. We've raised all the money to come here ourselves, to come 5,000 miles to tell you adults you must change your ways. Coming up here today, I have no hidden agenda. I am fighting for my future. Losing my future is not like losing an election or a few points on the stock market. I am here to speak for all generations to come. I am here to speak on behalf of the starving children around the world whose cries go unheard. I am here to speak for the countless animals dying across this planet because they have nowhere left to go. I am afraid to go out in the sun now because of the holes in our ozone. I'm afraid to breathe the air because I don't know what chemicals are in it. I used to go fishing in Vancouver, my home, with my dad until just a few years ago we found the fish full of cancers. And now we hear of animals and plants going extinct every day vanishing forever. In my life I have dreamt of seeing the great herds of wild animals, jungles and rainforests full of birds and butterflies. But now I wonder if they will even exist for my children to see. Did you have to worry of these things when you were my age? All this is happening before our eyes and yet we act as if we have all the time we want and all the solutions. I'm only a child and I don't have all the solutions. I want you to realize, neither do you. You don't know how to fix the holes in our ozone layer. You don't know how to bring the salmon back up in a dead stream. You don't know how to bring back an animal now extinct. And you can't bring back the forest that once grew where there is now a desert. If you don't know how to fix it, please, Stop breaking it. Here, you may be delegates of your government, business people, organizers, reporters, or politicians. But really, your mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers, aunts and uncles, and all of you are someone's child. 
I'm only a child, yet I know we are all part of a family, five billion strong. In fact, 30 million species strong. And borders and governments will never change that. I'm only a child, yet I know we are all in this together and should act as one single world towards one single goal. In my anger, I am not blind, and in my fear, I am not afraid of telling the world how I feel. In my country, we make so much waste. We buy and throw away, buy and throw away, buy and throw away, and yet northern countries will not share with the needy. Even when we have more than enough, we are afraid to share. We are afraid to let go some of our wealth. In Canada, we live the privileged life with plenty of food, water, and shelter. We have watches, bicycles, computers, and children use us. The list could go on for two days. Two days ago, here in Brazil, we were shocked when we spent time with some children living on the streets. This is what one child told us. I wish I was rich. And if I were, I would give all the street children food, clothes, medicines, shelter, and love and affection. If a child on the streets who has nothing is willing to share, why are we who have everything still so greedy? I can't stop thinking that these are children my own age, that it makes a tremendous difference where you are born. That I could be one of those children living in the favelas of Rio. I could be a child starving in Somalia or a victim of war in the Middle East, or a beggar in India. I am only a child, yet I know with all the money spent on war, we spent on finding environmental answers, ending poverty, and finding treaties. What a wonderful place this earth would be. At school, even in kindergarten, you teach us how to behave in the world. You teach us not to fight with others, to work things out, to respect others, to clean up our mess, not to hurt other creatures, to share, not to greedy. Then why do you go out and do the things you tell us not to do? Do not forget why you are attending these conferences, who you're doing this for. We are your own children. You are deciding what kind of a world you're growing up in. Parents should be able to comfort their children by saying, everything's going to be all right. It's not the end of the world, and we're doing the best we can. But I don't think you can say that to us anymore. Are we even on your list of priorities? My dad always says, you are what you do, not what you say. Well, what you do makes me cry at night. You grown-ups say you love us, but I challenge you, please, make your actions reflect your words. You've heard the criticism before that President Obama won't use the phrase radical Islamic terrorism. It appears that the shooter uh, was inspired by uh, various extremist uh, information that was disseminated uh, over the internet. He hasn't used the phrase before, and as Olivier Knox at Yahoo News points out, Mr. Obama almost certainly won't in the future. Olivier set it up. 
Well, you know, Gordon, this has come up uh, basically since 9-11. This is a long-running debate about presidential rhetoric about American enemies and the war on terrorism. It boils down to two factors. One is that American presidents are very hesitant to suggest in any way that Islam is a motivating force for this kind of violence. Uh, you know, President Bush was extremely careful to disassociate Islam from the 9-11 attacks, for example. He went to the Islamic Center of Washington, D.C., six days after those attacks to say, Islam is peace. These people have tried to hijack uh, a great religion. The same applies to Barack Obama. What they're trying to do is not needlessly alienate America's Muslim partners and allies in the global war on terrorism, but also they really, really, really don't want to legitimize the, the actions of these kinds of extremists by letting them cloak their violence in religion. But don't our Muslim allies dislike what these guys do in terms of, uh, as the President Bush said, hijacking the religion? They absolutely do. The challenge is uh, that sometimes things get lost in translation. Sometimes when a uh, when a when an American politician says radical Islam, uh, some folks in in some of the more uh, uh, orthodox forms of, uh, of Islam get offended. In 2006, when George W. Bush started talking about radical Islam um, as, a, as a force behind these kinds of attacks, the Saudi government came out and said, hey, 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 hold on. This is terrorism. It is not Islam. You have to separate the two. But these terrorists at times, right, say they're inspired or directed by ISIS, so they cry out, Allahu Akbar. Absolutely. Absolutely right. There, there is, but there's a difference between letting people uh, claim that they are acting on behalf of a religion and endorsing that claim. And that's a big concern for, for now two American presidents. Um, just because someone says they're acting on behalf of, of God does not mean they are. And presidents have just tried not to legitimize this kind of rhetoric. Interesting. We're speaking with Olivier Knox, chief Washington correspondent at Yahoo News. His piece is called Here's Why Obama Does Not Refer to Radical Islamic Terrorism. All right, so I thought I understood somebody say, too, that by President Obama not calling it this, uh, he's failing to identify the enemy, and that makes it more difficult to defeat. That is a recurring criticism of President Obama's rhetoric on this issue. Uh, Ted Cruz has said, has said stuff along those lines. But uh, Democratic House member Tulsi Gabbard has as well. There is a strain uh, of this argument that is, look, by not labeling it radical Islamic terrorism, you are failing to diagnose the problem, which means that you will fail to find the cure to the problem. Uh, that's, that's also been running since essentially 9-11. Um, the, the, the debate... Uh, ends up being about policies that might target American Muslims, for example. So um, one of the things that motivated both President Bush and now motivates Barack Obama is that there have been occasionally some reprisals, some retaliation, some uh, attacks on American Muslims. And they worry that calls, uh, for example, from Donald Trump to ban Muslim immigration to the United States or to uh, surveil uh, all, of, all of the mosques in America, things like that, they worry about those things uh, targeting individual populations in the United States, the Muslim population specifically, in the United States. Olivier Knox, Washington correspondent at Yahoo News. America's First News is online all the time. Follow us on Twitter at This Morning Show. Like us on Facebook or send us an email. This Morning at CompassMediaNetworks.com I wept when I heard the news today. Using little girls as prey, the Boko Haram crossed the line for any cause in any time throughout man's history. Sacrificing children is unspeakable to boast. Who are these fathers, uncles, sons who dare to act as host to such atrocity?
The horror of it stultifies how anyone can justify, promote their cause or win their fight by blowing up children to incite their enemy to surrender. No man, no woman on this earth has the right to force their worth by torturing those youthful souls to use as bait and force control in the name of God or Allah. The blood of children stains their hands, eroding evolution's sands of time and growing rot. Condemn you, out damn spot. You are in blood, stepped in so far that you should wade no more. May they never sleep again, those wretched satanistic men, those members of the human race, with so much blood upon their face would shame their mother's mother. Commit them to repent their sins, remind them nightly in their dreams, no more for them the promised land, no peace of mind, no joyful hand of kindness or of lover. And so I pray to my great spirit, somewhere in the realms of good, search my soul for forces in it to preserve the world's childhood from such malignity. Confused and angry as I weep, I pray your souls for God to keep. I cannot, will not understand the evil posture of command to kill in the name of any God. And for those children, suffer them to come to her with gentle arms, not arms of This poem I told them could last through the ages. It reflects on the bad, but it's good for all ages. Our world's now corrupt, people choose not to see. They cover their eyes and it's I, no longer we. People's pens are like swords, lies act as a shield, not knowing the true power of the weapons they wield. As hatred hurts, love heals. But if we say love in vain, then it's no longer real. We need to be true to our hearts and to others. For if this is the bed we made, then we don't deserve covers. We lust and call each other lovers, not knowing the word, or at least its true meaning, so it sounds so absurd. But while we observe all our deeds, good and bad, we must both cry and laugh about the lives that we had. For without pain, joy would not taste as sweet. We both help and compete, just trying to feel complete. Though there's always that void, no, there's always that voice. As you act is your conscience, and you make each choice. Just drown out the noise, with no liquid involved. As you find the answer, and you make the call. The darkness is deep, but the light is far greater. You make the difference between a giver and a taker. Don't mope, only cope, and know that there's always hope. And don't look to those who look at love as a hoax. We all start life never knowing its end. But remember what Bob Marley said. Love is the only force that can turn an enemy into a friend. Magic. This poem I told them could last through the ages. It reflects on the bad but it's good for all ages. Our world's now corrupt, people choose not to see. They cover their eyes and it's I, no longer we. People's pens are like swords, lies act as a shield, not knowing the true power of the weapons they wield. As hatred hurts, love heals. But if we say love in vain, then it's no longer real. We need to be true to our hearts and to others. 
For if this is the bed we made, then we don't deserve covers. We lust and call each other lovers, not knowing the word, or at least its true meaning, so it sounds so absurd. But while we observe all our deeds, good and bad, we must both cry and laugh about the lives that we had. For without pain, joy would not taste as sweet. We both help and compete, just trying to feel complete. Though there's always that void, no, there's always that voice. As you act is your conscience, and you make each choice. Just drown out the noise with no liquid involved. As you find the answer, and you make the call. The darkness is deep, but the light is far greater. You make the difference between a giver and a taker. Don't mope, only cope, and know that there's always hope. And don't look to those who look at love as a hoax. We all start life never knowing its end. But remember what Bob Marley said. Love is the only force that can turn an enemy into a friend. Magic. In the very near future, in a not too far away kind of place, a young woman gazes upwards, contemplating her future. She never really knew her mother, because shortly after her second birthday, the space shuttle that brought her mother and seven other international astronauts home from a mission to Mars burned up on re-entry. Her father, an inventor, got married again, this time to a terrible woman with two simply awful daughters. So the young woman spent as much time as she could with her father working on their smart home, which was all the rage. Smart homes were a measure of social esteem and environmental responsibility, and the young one was given the task of meeting zero carbon targets and recycling everything. This certainly kept her busy. Nobody knew the workings of the smart house better than she did, since she'd customized many of its standard features. One day, the family was invited to go to an innovation ball that was being thrown by a handsome, newly divorced, middle-aged philanthropist. Of course, the stepmother and her two daughters got all dressed up to attract the attentions of the rich man. But the young woman really wasn't into getting all dolled up for a bloke, so she said she'd stay and mind the home instead. This was an odd thing to do, because the house could pretty much look after itself. Just as the young woman was looking forward to spending uninterrupted time with her favorite hobby, she realized that her father had left his smartphone behind. Perhaps strangely, the young woman had never used her father's smartphone. It was different to the kind of handheld device that you or I might recognize, as it took the form of a headset that could be operated simply by thinking. Although her conscience insisted that she should instantly return the smartphone to her father, the young woman's curiosity got the better of her, and she tried the headset on. She was staggered by the new potential of the smart home when she hooked it up to the telecommunications system. As she downloaded an app with her thoughts, which changed the mood lighting according to her feelings, the young woman remembered that Arthur C. Clarke had once remarked that any sufficiently advanced technology was indistinguishable from magic. Believing, too, that at the heart of every technology was a wish, the young woman realized that these combined technologies had the power to make all her dreams come true. But this wasn't just true for herself. Everyone with a smart house and phone could make their own wishes a reality. She understood this was big. This was really big. The young woman simply had to go to the innovation ball and share the news with everyone. But she had absolutely nothing to wear. 
So she set her mind to work and downloaded an app from the footwear site and made a pair of shoes using the small home-based manufacturing system in the basement, which had originally built for making the custom parts for the smart house. She had no idea what color they should be, so she selected clear from the options menu and then chose glass as the material. Since the correct drivers for glass hadn't been installed, she decided instead to use some adhesive that had dried on heating and produced a lovely sparkly effect underneath the mood lighting, which was now responding spectacularly to her feelings. Proud of her glittering shoe, she decided to make a dress to match. She'd set a heart on a bulletproof spider silk one, which was full length and would need a lot of material. She ran to the kitchen cupboards that were full of special goat's milkshakes, laced with spiderweb protein. Her stepmother and sisters gorged themselves on these disgusting drinks to make themselves slim. She emptied out every packet and filled up the syringe drivers that spanned the viscous fluid into a beautiful garment. All she needed now was a lick of lipstick. The young lady noticed that the biofuel claddings, which had been kept topped up with locally harvested algae, had made enough oil for a cosmetic base, so she fed some into a printer syringe. Then she added a bar of chocolate, because she was hungry, and hit the print button. No time or material remained to home manufacture a mode of transport, so the young woman dialed a cab. While she was waiting, she cleaned up the carbon footprint she'd made. She downloaded another app to recycle the leftover materials and fed the bioreactor algae with a burst of carbon dioxide. The house clothed with a healthy hue, which was predictably green. Realizing she'd made surface biofuel, she used it to pay for the electric limousine, which flashed the mood lights on arrival to let it know it was waiting. The young woman reflected on these amazing things that were possible when data apps in the material world connected. At the Innovation Ball, she was able to offer proof of her ideas. She showed everyone her shoes, her dress, and told them how they too could benefit from the combination of smartphone and home in so many different ways. The news went viral over the social networks, and a combined technology that offered a new kind of magic reached the ears of the handsome, newly divorced middle-aged philanthropist who set up in business with her, shared a chocolate lipstick-flavored kiss, and they both achieved off-scale happiness. The Patriot Citizens for Religious Freedom Act Down is up, right is left, right and wrong, and your brain is hacked To restrict your liberty They'll never just the opposite Something more warm and fuzzy They think your liberty needs to be restrained So that you can truly Double thing starts working on your brain, let's call that freedom fuckacy. When they wanna make a law to invade your privacy, they'll name it quite the opposite, something oh so yummy. They think your secrets Privacy unveiled Double think it's alive and well Let's call that patriarchy Dear 
Mr. Orwell may we call you George it took a little longer but it's 1984 When they want to make a law to impose their own belief They'll call it something different, just like any common thief. Do you vote for wolves disguised in sheep's clothing? Cause you think they eat the same thing you're loathing. That's double think you see. Call that religiosity. When they want to pretend that they speak for you and me, they will do that so, so surreptitiously. You think they have your happiness in mind You really think your interests are aligned Then that's when double thing really shines They call that bourgeoisie Dear Mr. Orwell, may we call you George longer, didn't it? But it's 19. Yeah, say it with me. 84. The Patriot Citizens for Religious Freedom Act. Up is down, left is right, right and wrong in the agates. Patriot citizens for religious freedom act. Down is up, right is wrong, right is wrong, right and wrong, right and wrong is right in your brain. Right is left, wrong is right, and your brain is hacked. Now we can all go to sleep, right? 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Moscow. Soyuz spacecraft 22 crew.
We grew up in these tiny houses, house of mouths of mouths to feed me after needless pay and greed. It is seven, seven, five bedrooms in a tax house. Yeah, if I don't pop up, I got turfed out of my place. It's my rate, we call it civilized. But I see few rich and many poor, few Bentleys and many sore, few suits, yet many cheap and many torn. We measure it on material, money, growth, gain. On the system that is systematically breaking Wake up from the sleep even though the sleep is deep This is the call of need so please Wake up from the sleep Wake up from the sleep even though the sleep is deep This is the call of need so please Wake up from the sleep Wake up from the sleep even though the sleep is deep This is the call of need so please Wake up from the sleep Wake up from the sleep even though the sleep is deep This is the call of need so please Wake up from the sleep Disturb my world on earth that we are the crux of a wheel that spins for the winds of the rich elites in vain. Well, this is not sinless. This is my life on my terms, and that is not every few years. I will not pay for you to do this evil that you do. To put more than my scissors in your manifesto. So let go. This dark heart, smart ass. I don't care what class you are, what school you attended. From the sleep, even though the sleep is deep, this is the call of need. So please, wake up from the sleep. Wake up from the sleep, even though the sleep is deep. This is the call of need. So please, wake up from the sleep. Wake up from the sleep, even though the sleep is deep. This is the call of need. So please, wake up from the sleep. Wake up from the sleep, even though the sleep is deep. This is the call of need. So please. Wake up from the sleep. We grew up in these tiny houses, houses, of mouths, and mouths to feed. We have the need, was paying three. There is seven, seven, five bedrooms in a tax house. Yeah, if I don't pop up, I got turfed out my place. It's my rate, we call it civilized. But I see few rich and many poor, few Bentleys and many saw, few suits, yet many cheap and many torn. We measure it on material, money, growth, gain. On the system that is systematically breaking. Wake up from the sleep, even though the sleep is deep. This is the call of need, so please. Wake up from the sleep. Wake up from the sleep, even though the sleep is deep. This is the call of need, so please. Wake up from the sleep. Wake up from the sleep, even though the sleep is deep. This is the call of need, so please. Wake up from the sleep. Wake up from the sleep. Even though the sleep is deep, this is the call of need. So please, wake up from the sleep. But they're not allowed to go in there. But Boris is allowed to walk up here. Somebody starts shouting, "Where's your broom? Where's your broom?" Quickly, here. Give me a room. Give me a room. He gets a room and he raises the broom up in the air. A broom that has never been used. Hello, I'm Severin Suzuki, speaking for Echo, the environmental children's organization. We're a group of 12 and 13 year olds trying to make a difference. Vanessa Setti, Morgan Geisler, Michelle Quigg, and me. We've raised all the money to come here ourselves, 
to come 5,000 miles to tell you adults you must change your ways. Coming up here today, I have no hidden agenda. I am fighting for my future. Losing my future is not like losing an election or a few points on the stock market. I am here to speak for all generations to come. I am here to speak on behalf of the starving children around the world whose cries go unheard. I am here to speak for the countless animals dying across this planet because they have nowhere left to go. I am afraid to go out in the sun now because of the holes in our ozone. I am afraid to breathe the air because I don't know what chemicals are in it. I used to go fishing in Vancouver, my home, with my dad, until just a few years ago, we found the fish full of cancers. And now we hear of animals and plants going extinct, every day vanishing forever. In my life, I have dreamt of seeing the great herds of wild animals, jungles and rainforests, full of birds and butterflies, but now I wonder if they will even exist for my children to see. Did you have to worry of these things when you were my age? All this is happening before our eyes and yet we act as if we have all the time we want and all the solutions. I'm only a child and I don't have all the solutions. I want you to realize, neither do you. You don't know how to fix the holes in our ozone layer. You don't know how to bring the salmon back up in a dead stream. You don't know how to bring back an animal now extinct. And you can't bring back the forest that once grew where there is now a desert. If you don't know how to fix it, please stop breaking it. Here, you may be delegates of your government, business people, organizers, reporters, or politicians, but really, your mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers, aunts and uncles, and all of you are someone's child. I'm only a child, yet I know we are all part of a family, five billion strong, in fact, 30 million species strong, and borders and governments will never change that. I'm only a child, yet I know we are all in this together and should act as one single world towards one single goal. In my anger, I am not blind, and in my fear, I am not afraid of telling the world how I feel. In my country, we make so much waste. We buy and throw away, buy and throw away, buy and throw away, and yet northern countries will not share with the needy, even when we have more than enough we are afraid to share. We are afraid to let go some of our wealth. In Canada, we live the privileged life with plenty of food, water, and shelter. We have watches, bicycles, computers, and children and such. The list could go on for two days. Two days ago here in Brazil, we were shocked when we spent time with some children living on the streets. This is what one child told us. I wish I was rich. And if I were, I would give all the street children food, clothes, medicines, shelter, and love and affection. 
If a child on the streets who has nothing is willing to share, why are we who have everything still so greedy? I can't stop thinking that these are children my own age, that it makes a tremendous difference where you are born. That I could be one of those children living in the favelas of Rio. I could be a child starving in Somalia, or a victim of war in the Middle East, or a beggar in India. I am only a child, yet I know with all the money spent on war, was spent on finding environmental answers, ending poverty, and finding treaties. What a wonderful place this earth would be. At school, even in kindergarten, you teach us how to behave in the world. You teach us to not fight with others, to work things out, to respect others, to clean up our mess, not to hurt other creatures, to share not be greedy, then why do you go out and do the things you tell us not to do? Do not forget why you are attending these conferences, who you're doing this for. We are your own children. You are deciding what kind of a world we are growing up in. Parents should be able to comfort their children by saying, everything's going to be all right. It's not the end of the world and we're doing the best we can. But I don't think you can say that to us anymore. Are we even on your list of priorities? My dad always says, you are what you do, not what you say. Well, what you do makes me cry at night. You grown-ups say you love us, but I challenge you, please, make your actions reflect your words. Thank you. Hatred of the human race. Of the human race. We're going to have to put aside our bigotry and our prejudices. We're going to have to pick up our paddles and work together. Because united, people, we can do anything. I want you to imagine something with me. Imagine that we are all on a huge boat, a boat called Earth and that this boat is floating down the river of time. Up ahead, there is an enormous waterfall. If we don't do something soon, we're all going to drown. Chaos in the heart of London this morning. Chaos in the heart of London this morning. Of Thou do that which is evil, be very afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. All it takes for evil to prosper, good people to do nothing. Hatred of the human race. We're in the middle of an unfolding incident in central London. Police saying they've defused a suspected bomb in the centre of the capital. The device, described by police as potentially viable, was found when explosives officers were called to examine a car parked in the Haymarket. The UK has been on an alert today referred to as severe for many, many months. And severe means that a terrorist attack is, and I quote, highly likely. Is this just one, or could there be more of these vehicles planted elsewhere? This morning at the world's busiest airport, Heathrow, chaos. 
As police moved overnight to make at least 21 arrests, heightened security measures were imposed. The potential hit from this event could reverberate for a long time afterwards, even though nothing may have happened. This has come as no surprise. There's no indication at the moment that there are any other devices in any other cars, although that will be one of the main concerns for the police. This could mark the start of some kind of bombing campaign. It's early days yet to know exactly what the police have found. There little time bombs that are out there ticking, waiting to go off, and there are many of them in every community. If this isn't a warning sign, then what is it? I think we all know what's been going on here. Up until now, everything around here has always been, well, pleasant. Recently, certain things have become unpleasant. Now, it seems to me that the first thing we have to do is to separate out the things that are pleasant from the things that are unpleasant. Chaos in the heart of London this morning. Chaos in the heart of London If this the morning. government doesn't do more to protect the public, then the next time there is an actual terrorist success, not an attempt, but a success, I'm afraid the public will overreact. I'm afraid the public will overreact. Oh, listen, sonny boy. Do you think you're safe in London? Man looks up at the stars and dreams his human dreams. Child of the universe. His toys are ignorance. His games, fantasy. Not even master of his own fate. It is the devil's puppeteer who stretches his fingers to answer the question, what will happen next? The Al-Qaeda network is the most serious threat that we face in the United Kingdom as far as terrorism is concerned. The strong of the earth. Hatred of the human race. say the plot was designed to commit mass murder. As many as 50 people were involved with numerous aircraft targeted. Explosives were to be smuggled on board in carry-on luggage. In response, the U.S. raised the threat warning to the highest level for flights from the U.K. to the United States. The threat level on all domestic flights was also raised. The intelligence battle is so important because if you get advanced information on these conspiracies, then, of course, you can uh, preempt the attacks. We need tougher terror laws. We're going to have to pick up our paddles and work together. The two car bombs in London last Friday were followed by the attack on Glasgow Airport on Saturday. A Jeep Cherokee drove into a front door at the check-in area of the terminal building at Glasgow International Airport. The vehicle caught fire on impact. MI5 raised the terror threat level to critical. But no doubt whatsoever that the police, not only in London, but in other cities, will be asking themselves that question to try and find out, are there more, and who's behind this? This! This is reality! This 
Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Saint Quentin, and we've come to the end of Think It Ain't Illegal. Yeah. We'll be back soon with a new episode, and hopefully. This episode has made you think and want to make a difference in this world. Now I'm going to turn on for the love of poetry and spoken word and think. Get to Old Navy now, because this week only, there's a new Red Hot deal every single day. Plus up to 50% off store-wide. That's up to 50% off your favorite Old Navy styles. Also get $10 off your next purchase when you buy online and pick up in-store. So hurry in and get today's wow-worthy fashion pieces at a price you won't believe. Only at Old Navy. Valid 712 to 19, select styles only. $10 off valid in-store only. One-time use excludes clearance, gift card, register lane items, jewelry. Get to Old Navy now, because this week only, there's a new Red Hot deal every single day. Plus up to 50% off store-wide. That's up to 50% off your favorite Old Navy styles. Also get $10 off your next purchase when you buy online and pick up in-store. So hurry in and get today's wow-worthy fashion pieces at a price you won't believe. Only at Old Navy. Valid 712 to 19, select styles only. $10 off valid in-store only. One-time use excludes clearance, gift card, register lane items, jewelry.